Hey everyone, welcome to This Lesbian Shit is Intense. I'm Katie. And I'm V. And we are here to talk to you about the bull type. And I cannot believe it. I can't believe it. But we are on the last episode of season three. We did it. How long did it take us? It only took us X amount of time. (laughs) Six months. We're barely sliding in before the new season starts. But we did it. It's been a journey, y'all. And honestly, I'm really excited to put the season behind us and try to stay on top of it when the new season comes out. We are definitely ending our podcast of season three in a much better place than we did the end of season two. (laughs) So nice to be excited again. Honestly, I'm so excited for the new season. I'm so excited for the 18 episodes. However, I'm slightly scared at this moment because it's an 18 episode season and my initial thought was like, oh, they're going to split it into parts A and B like all of Freeform shows do with extended episode orders. However, they keep saying 18 episodes like it's one season and I'm like, we are going to struggle to do 83 episodes on this (laughs) podcast. Oh my God, that's such a commitment. 18 episodes is, oh my God, is that is that like four months? Like over four months? I don't know. And that's like basically half of the episodes we've done. Jesus. So, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be intense. And then I'm like, if it's all in one season, are there going to be hiatuses? Because the thing I love about the bold type is there's not a hiatus. It's all condensed like... I hate that with regularly airing shows. So Mm -hmm. we don't really know what we're getting in for for season four, but I'm excited. The show filming right now is on their winter break. So we don't know what's going on at all, but we're still excited for it. And we're excited to finish this out. I hope everyone had a very happy new year. We hope to stay on top of the bull type when it airs. And we are going to, we can't, we, we're not making a promise, but we're really trying the beginning of the year to finish Julian and Tina as well. So we can just focus on one thing and not have anything looming over us anymore. Since we've proven that we are not good at having multiple projects open at once. <laughs> we can't cover two shows at once, people. We, we, don't, we can't do it. We could do like a special episode here or there, but... Two full-time shows, it's not our jam. So yeah, keep listening, keep supporting, download the episodes that we release, please. It's good for us. (laughs) Okay, are you ready to jump into this final episode? Let's do this. Honestly, it's so fun to be talking about stuff that we love because we have, not that it's not fun all the time, But we have so much fun when we're really enjoying the show, doing the podcast, and it makes it more worth it. Definitely. When I'm in this good place, I'm just like, yeah, let's talk for hours about this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And we can. We literally do without even realizing how long we talk. So we are on episode 310. It is called Breaking Through the Noise. It is written by Elijah Baraz, Becky Hartman Edwards, and Celeste Vasquez, and is directed by Victor Nelly Jr., all 
been with the show for a bit and written multiple episodes, directed multiple episodes, check it out. But we pick up right where we left off with Kat losing and she's kind of losing it a bit overwhelmed and like everything is blurring around her and it's so interesting that while she's kind of trying to find something to ground her she keeps zeroing in on Athena even with the girls right next to her yeah she looks back at her repeatedly and I think that the bull type does a really really great job of illustrating Kat's anxiety yeah and that overwhelm like sometimes 103 and this episode are difficult for me because I can feel her anxiety (laughs) that is honestly one of Aisha's strong suits she plays anxiety so well like that's why their first kiss hit so well with how she's playing Kat's anxiety there in the scene when Nadina leaves like Aisha really excels in that um then she kind of snaps out of it and she's like i gotta hold it together let me thank everybody and then i need to get the hell out of here yes what i appreciate uh, about that especially is that jane says to her what do you need and sometimes it's nice when someone asks what do you need instead of guessing and off offering all of this shit with good intentions but can be more overwhelming something as simple as just like dude i realize you're freaking out what do you need me to do and kat was able to say i need to smile and get the hell out of here Yeah, and also when someone's losing control that helps them gain control back by, like, just having them make a quick decision and it helps with the feeling of being overwhelmed. So it was really nice there. And then we go to Jane's apartment and Kat is shoving ice cream in her face and talking about how she feels like she let everyone down and she had all these things that she wanted to achieve and now she'll never get to. Meanwhile, Sutton's measuring them both for her fashion show and Jane is struggling because Pinstripe kissed another girl and they're all going through it right now. Yeah, I love how they all just interact seamlessly where they're all sharing their shit all at once, you know? Yeah, you can tell we've all had like, you know, those moments with friends where we're just like bitching about our thing. You bitch about your thing. We just go back and forth, but we're supporting each other the whole time. It's wonderful. And then Kat's like, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with Adina and Tia and I don't want to hurt anyone. And then Jane offers her the ice cream and she's like, not strong enough. And Sutton offers Alex's whiskey and she's like not yummy enough and so they mix it together and I was like that is a real stabilizing force in this moment problem solving skills they got them (laughs) and then Alex busts in about to hook up with someone and we find out it's Angie they're so cute yeah I love it I absolutely Absolutely love it. However, the mortification if I was Angie and I got caught by my boss about to hook up with someone, not something I would love. Yeah, she is very comfortable. She seems very like whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but I really like the dynamic between the two of them. You know, Angie's got a bit a bit of a Sutton vibe. Maybe that's why I like it. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. I just like Angie all on her own. But I think it's interesting that in the next scene, um, when Jane and Alex are talking about her and Angie, you know, and they're going to answer the door, Alex gets stopped by, you know, Ryan's presence before he can say how long they've been together. 
And I think that I like that they didn't tell us because I don't want it to just be a one night stand, but I also don't know how long I wanted them to be together. So I just appreciate not knowing. Yeah, I think that was a really great setup. However, I was like, of course, Pinstripe shows up to ruin things that cause people joy, like finding out more about Alex and Angie, <laughs> which I don't know if Angie's in the next season. So that's kind of oh. like disappointing because I'd like to see more Alex and Angie together. Yeah, I would too. Then we have Sutton sewing while Richard is talking about Dev. <laughs> and I love this moment where Sutton pitches her idea. She's like, don't forget to pitch my idea. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, wake and bake bacon. Weed infused bacon. <laughs> and I'm just like. Yes, that was very funny. But I wonder, why not wake and bacon? Like, I don't know. Maybe that would be too silly. But I was just like, Sutton, make it, make it shorter. Yeah, you're right. It should be that. But, you know, maybe she was high when she came up with it. So she's okay. got to have <laughs> alliteration. I don't know. But I thought it was really great. Um, and then Sutton is concerned about Richard and the whole San Francisco thing. But Richard's like, no, it was just fun and creative for me. And I'm just like, okay. I wonder why we have no idea this was a thing of interest to Richard before this. But I'm going to support it. Like, it makes it more interesting. And it takes away the dynamics I don't love of him working at Scarlet. So I think that what I appreciate about this is you get to see how Richard has changed his response style to these things rather than continue to think of himself independently to think about what this means for his relationship dynamic. So that's why I appreciate what's happening here. I don't know how much I care about him care about it as something for him because I don't care about Richard very much but it does add more to him <laughs> it adds more to him that makes him more interesting and adds more to his character so I do appreciate that um and then we also find out that Sen has a day off to prep which I like that is helpful information that she has a day off because otherwise it's like do you do your job like what are you doing so I like that um, and then we go to Pinstripe and Jane's conversation. And Pinstripe's like, it was a huge mistake. But he's a good guy because he told her straight away. Um, it didn't mean anything, blah, blah, blah. The same old, same old. But Jane says such a great line where she's like, it meant something to me. Like, that you get mm -hmm. someone else. And then he's like, I want to postpone my tour to make it up to you and fix things. But Jane's like, just get out of here. I don't want to talk to you right now. Don't don't change anything in your life for me. I appreciate also that she says you've been giving me mixed messages prior to your departure. You're telling me that you want to move in together. Then you cheat on me. And I appreciate that because he gave her so much shit. Alex moving in gave her so much shit for not seeing him as the boyfriend that you know things could continue to grow seriously with and look what you fucking did after you've been gone for how long shut up yes because it's like you know you're like oh I'm not that guy like I'm trying to have a serious relationship with you and like maybe the whole point is that pinstripe move too fast too soon too but like that's besides the point like she was trying to take things at a steady pace to ease into everything because of her insecurities about you and you kept pressuring her to be serious and then you're gone for two days and kiss another girl because you feel peer pressure like you weren't a sex writer the whole time when you were trying to be serious with jane like 
I don't buy it, bro. I don't buy it. And then we have Tia meeting Kat in the lobby at Scarlet with some campaign stuff. And she's like, oh, great. Just what I wanted. And Tia tries to reassure Kat with statistics about running for office. And I'm not sure that's the best way to connect with Kat. I don't know that that's going to reassure her all that much. But Tia's like, let's focus on us now. And Kat is basically upfront that things are still complicated with Adina. Yeah, I think that it's part of uh, Tia's personality style to be so like fact oriented. And I think that that can be helpful sometimes, but I don't know that it was in this moment. And then she says that it gives them a chance to see what they are outside of the campaign. And I'm glad that she says that because their relationship was so wrapped up in the political campaign. And I do think it's important to see what it's like when they don't have that anymore. I know. And I I like that because it's it's kind of addressing their whole relationship situation that they were just kind of seeing each other. And that was on the back burner because of the campaign. But... Okay, so Tia's like, I saw, I kind of figured that things were still going on with Adina when I saw her at the party, which is like, yikes. (laughs) And then um, she's like, I get it. You guys have a past, but I think we have a future. And if you need to figure it out, it's fine. We've just been taking it slow. But here's the thing. Here's the thing I need clarification on. Does that mean it's okay to have sex with other people? When she clearly had such a big emotional moment the first time her and Kat had sex, like, I really don't buy that she's, like, story-wise, I guess. But, like, really, she's just okay with that? Yeah, I don't think that she meant it that way. I am going to take it as in Kat interpreted it that way and did what she did. And then before it became a conversation between them, she realized she needed to be alone. So it didn't come up. But I don't think that Tia condoned it. No. She had sex with her twice. I've got things to say about that as we progress. (laughs) I'm just like, really? I really don't think that's what she meant by like, figure it out. Like, okay, go sleep with some. Like, we've already been down this road with Kat. It doesn't work out well. Like, hopefully Tia knows that that's not some advice to give to Kat. Yeah, I don't think Tia's like, oh, you're having feelings for your ex and she's back in town. Yeah, make it physical too and see how that goes and let me know. Like, I don't think that's what that was. I think it was sort the feelings. I think it's okay because it gives a level of like consent that allows it to be okay, even if it's a misunderstanding because we technically talked about it. But, you know, maybe this is why I'm not good at dating because for me, I would be like, nope, that means you can't have sex with other people. But, you know, maybe that's just me. I don't know. (laughs) Jane and Jacqueline meet up. And they find out their story is doing great. It's gaining lots of traction. But Pamela is trying to take control of the narrative. Jacqueline says, you know, Pamela is getting defensive because what else can she do? Exactly. Um, And then Kat is getting constant condolences about the election. And let me just say, does Kat have other friends? Like, who the fuck is texting her all of these condolences? I know. I was like, are these constituents? They do not. Like, I. Ooh, this is like my nightmare, having a ton of people texting me. <laughs> I was like, who are these people? Are college friends? What? 
Patrick and Angie show up and say, you know, we're sorry that you lost, but it's Scarlett's gain, which it is. And they have a makeup campaign they need her to start working on immediately. I just feel bad for Kat when Angie is like enthused about the lipstick and is like showing it off. And Kat just seems so like, wow, this feels so meh after I was working on these big things. And I just feel bad that that's how she's feeling. I mean, she works through it, but I'm glad she's able to find a way to rejuvenate her interest in her field. God, this is also so reminiscent of the season one finale where she's like kind of putting on a mask to get through it right now. Um, And then it's going to make a big decision for herself in the end. Then Kat gets a text from Medina that says, been thinking of you. Anything I can do? And I'm like, well, actually, apparently there is something you can do for her. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So what I have to say about this scene that is about to happen is that (laughs) I was scrambling to prepare for this podcast because I'm me. And so I was watching it as I was like in my jacket, in the cold, like bundled up, getting to my car. And this scene like happens. And I'm like, I'm like, shit, I need this cold air right now. Like it was just too much. (laughs) I was like, this is, ooh. This is a scene that they spoiled way too much in their previews. They shouldn't have showed this at all. But way removed from it, like, from when it aired, it is so good. Like, it's good, period. But, like, to not have it, like, fresh on my mind and to watch it, it was, oh, marvelous. I agree. I really, really wish that they hadn't spoiled this scene the way that they did. Maybe a snippet. Like, maybe a snippet. You know what? Cats look in response to Adina's text because I would have been like, oh shit, I know that, you know, but this was too much for me. They could have done a little bit and still left it. And, you know, maybe if they did a little less pinstripe in this episode and did a little bit more Cat and Adina, I wouldn't have minded because, like, season one, they ended up using Cat and Adina a lot in the trailers. Um, but there was always so much going on in their storylines. I didn't care because mm-hmm. there was still plenty to see. But, you know, I really don't like when they show stuff in the trailers and there's not a whole lot of other stuff in the episode for you to consume. So I didn't love that. And then also, this is my slight complaint, even though I love the scene. For the past two episodes, we are doing some marvelous tension building. And we didn't really get to see the tension snap between them. So we just like jumped to them like immediately hooking up. And I really wish we had a scene of them interacting before where the tension snapped and they started hooking up. I think that would have been really interesting to actually physically get to watch. See, I disagree. I love that they went straight into the sex because I think that when we see them have that conversation and that tension and that snap will be because they realize that they should be together and it's not purely sexual, which is what this is. So I am glad that they do not give us that. So you're saying that we're going to get that in season four. Fuck. Yeah, we are. We better. (laughs) I'm okay with that. Optimism is back. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I am so down for that possibility. 
So yeah, we get a great hookup scene to Wasabi by Little Mix. Shout out Kadena Studio. I know you're very thrilled about that. So then Kat makes sure to come clean about Tia, which I appreciated. Um, and Indina's like, are you in a relationship or not? And Kat's like, I'm just seeing her. And Adina's like, well, I don't give a fuck then. <laughs> and I do enjoy kind of a little bit of this like level of ruthlessness in Adina. <laughs> because she's a little bit selfish in doing this because she wants to. And I just kind of like that about her. Like, she does things because she wants to do them. I think she probably had a lot of expectations growing up of you should act this way for other people. And when she decided to break that, it was because she wanted to do what she wanted to do. And I really like when that kind of comes out in small ways in her character. Yeah. I mean, I think that Adina came back to New York with a purpose. And what we've seen of Adina, like her attention and focus is on Kat. Like even when Tia was right there, she don't give a shit about Tia. So she does the bare minimum, which is, Am I morally and like, can my conscience permit me to do this? Oh, you're seeing each other. Shut up. I don't need more information. Let's do this. And she's like, I miss you. Like she flat out tells Kat in the middle of hooking up that she missed her. And Kat's like, so did I. And I'm like, so did I. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. I miss them so much. I, it's like, I forget because I haven't watched these episodes in so long how much I enjoy the two of them on screen together. There's so many layers. There's so much tension. There's so much chemistry. There's so much story. Oh, they're just amazing. Yes. And I am so, so glad with this sex scene because it's what I always miss whenever there are sapphic relationships on television because they tend to be, I feel like they tend to be softer or they tend to be, if they are passionate, um, short or posed in this way where you don't really know what you're looking at. But this is them like full on. You see them making and, like the light. <laughs> it's not in this like sh- shield of darkness. Exactly. It is what I'd been wanting for so long. And I was like, thank you for delivering. I have seen Jane shake her ass in all kinds of outfits. Like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Also, I think it's great because, you know, like, Yeah, like, soft and intimate is nice, but, you know, sometimes they do that when it's not really appropriate for what's going on in the story. Like, I want the scenes to match what's happening in the story, and they did a great job. They met them where they were in the story with the scene. Let's just put it that way. So then we jump to Sutton's fashion show. And I just, I love Sage so much. She's my favorite side character. And she's talking about practicing for the runway. She's like, I've been preparing for this my whole life ever since I started watching Top Model. And I'm like, same here, bitch. Smize is a permanent part of my vocabulary because of Top Model. Julian Grant isn't happy about the model situation. And it's like, I thought I had all these models ready to go. And Sun's like, well, I didn't want to do that. And he's like, I admire your bravery. I just don't know if your timing is great. We'll see. And I'm like, what a lack of confidence, bitch. You don't know Sutton. 
Yeah, and it annoys me because I feel as if the people hold this mentality a lot where they're just like, it's not the right time to, you know, shake, what is it, like shake? Shake things up? Yeah, shake things up. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes simple phrases elude me. Um, Yeah, so like that, and I just, I hate that because it can keep us from making progress. When is the time then? Exactly. It's like there's never a good time you know, good time to challenge the status quo, but someone needs to fucking do it at some point. And like, it really annoys me that he's like, don't embarrass me. Fuck you. Interesting, because this is really laying the groundwork for Jacqueline's storyline for the end of this episode. And I'm assuming season four, and we don't even know it. So I really appreciated that level of subtlety in the writing. Um, We find out Jane is putting Ryan on airplane mode. And I can't believe I called him Ryan instead of Pentrite, but I hope she sends him on an airplane off the show. Then Kat shows up, flustered and late, and Sutton knows right away that she had sex. And she's basically just like Tia or Adina. And (laughs) Kat's like, how do you always know? And Sutton's like, it's one of my talents. And then she confesses that it's Adina and Jane and Sutton have an appropriate reaction to finding out it was Adina. Sutton was just like, I knew that was going to happen. Like, she kind of had this thing, like, you know how she's been rooting for them all along? She just kind of had that face, like, I knew it should be Adina. Then Jacqueline shows up to support them at the runway. And I'm just like, what a great boss. You're going to a fashion assistant at your giant magazine's fashion show. (laughs) Like, what world would that happen? I'm just thinking about how someone could be negative and be like, and Jacqueline has an inappropriate, unhealthy investment in, like, certain, like, members of her team but yes i i agree i think i see it more as she's so supportive i mean she sees herself in jane yeah she sees herself in jane and i would like to think that like you know she goes to kind of all of their staff's weird events like you know sage i don't know what sage would be doing she would probably have like a some kind of sex related <laughs> some like raunchy performance oh wait a less raunchy but funny thing like maybe she's like performing she's like part of a burlesque troupe or something Ooh, yes yes and she's performing and i would like to think that jacqueline would go just to support sage at her burlesque performance And then she's talking to Jane and a model shows up to get an autograph and a picture. And then they find out she's basically a 14-year-old. Jane is like, I feel really uncomfortable with that. Does that make us fake feminists for supporting this? Uh, Jacqueline said that she was in their last issue, Cocktails and Charisma. And I think that just also highlights how inappropriate it feels to have someone so young uh, as a model, not only because she's so young, but because of the spread that she was even used a part of. And I just like, it blows my mind that Jacqueline, and I believe that it's true that she says, if the agency sends us the models and they're appropriate, we use them. And it just infuriates me that this is a thing that happens. 
Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that the system gets so big, that's something that falls through the cracks. You know, like, how much can Jacqueline really monitor? And if the people below her don't catch it, I get it. Like, that is something that would happen. And, you know, that's always a moral conundrum. Like, how to be the best feminist in your job um, because your work, if you work within a capitalistic system, you're always going to fail somehow. So I really related to this moment. And I also liked the fact that Jacqueline took that moment to self-reflect and really question herself about that. Then we have the fashion show. We have a Joanna Coles cameo. And all I have to say is, Sutton, don't quit your day job. <laughs> I know. I was just like, why? Why? Why are these her designs? I know retro is in, but like 70s disco is not in. This was too much. It looks like a costume, like from the Halloween store. Like, <laughs> It wasn't great, but everyone is having fun, and I did enjoy that part of it. There's two things I really love the most, and one is this, like, wonderful moment between Sage and Carly, where Sage blows her a kiss, and Carly talks about how beautiful Sage is, and I just, whoo, that got to me. And then after that moment, Oliver talks about how proud he is of Sutton, and that just, whoo, really gets to me. I also felt very appreciative of the Sage. I mean, Sage is just having fun and she blows his kisses and I love her. And I love that Carly was like, she looks beautiful and she loved it too. And it made me really happy. And then um, there's like nice interpersonal stuff between the girls on the runway. It's all cute and I love it. Um, And then I will say, I will quietly admit that I did get a little bit emotional about Richard being the first person to stand and give Sutton a standing ovation. I did appreciate that moment. And I will begrudgingly admit that I appreciated when he and Sutton made eye contact while she was behind uh, the scenes and he made this like goofy, like, ah, you know, smile. And I was like, ugh, fine. You guys love each other, whatever. Um, I did like that. They've worn me down a little bit. What can I say? I can tolerate them. Pinstripe has to go, but I Richard can stay. Then we find out that Joanna Coles wants a dress from Sutton for the Glad Awards. And this is all so meta. I can barely handle it. I'm just like, really, Joanna? This, this uh, show? That's what... Made you want her designed by her? Okay. I have seen what you wear. You wouldn't be caught dead in any of that. Okay. (laughs) Then we have um, Jacqueline looking at the book spread for the upcoming issue. And she's like very intently thinking about that. And honestly, Melora really delivers in these quiet scenes where she's not saying anything. She's just supposed to be conveying an emotion Um, And then she starts tearing them all down. Yeah. And I like the song that was playing where the lyrics are saying, like, taking punches for you or something like that. And it made me think about all of the times that Jane pushes her in a direction that I guess pushes her to do more. 
And I mean, this is a huge thing for her to be willing to do to say that they, I mean, she doesn't say it until later, but she's taking down what we assume is all of these photos with uh, models who are not appropriate or like that maybe don't espouse their feminist ideals um, exactly. And I think it's probably like how things are staged to like, there's probably a lot in there. It's not only that Jane pushes Jacqueline, but I think Jane inspires Jacqueline to stay true to where she was when she started, Mm -hmm. like to stay true to her original self and the original things that she wanted to fight for. Um, And that the further you get away from that and move up, the harder it is to do that. And I really love that push and pull between the two of them. And then it's interesting that they use that same song about that, which is kind of about Jade and Jacqueline's love story Mm -hmm. into Kat and Adina's scene. Because I really do think that the two epic love stories of the show are Jane and Jacqueline and Kat and Adina. So I just really did like that. And then Kat and Adina are in bed and have had sex again. <laughs> um, when, okay. Okay. This is when I have shit to say about Kat's sex life. <laughs> um she goes to have sex with Adina as a distraction, but if it's just sex, she should be able to go have sex with Tia, you know? So I know it's not just about sex, you know? It's about more. Well, honestly, the second time, I don't think it was just looking for a release because mm-hmm. they're getting emotional pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what it was about this scene, but I was just like, I was like, Kat, if you're just looking for sex, you know you got someone who will have sex with you. Yeah, and I'm very curious if this was, especially coming into season four, if this was supposed to take place in the studio or in Kat's apartment. Because we know that's Kat's apartment, but they stay very closed in on their faces. So usually you would get different shots where you set the scene a little bit more. I'm going to think that this technically wasn't supposed to be in Kat's apartment. Because I want that for my storyline in season four. Um, But anyway, Adina talks about how she's missed things. She's been away and she's missed big things in Kat's life. And... She never stopped loving her and she doesn't want to pressure her, but she doesn't want to just keep, you know, just sleeping with her and not fully committing to them again. Kat is super emotional during this whole confession from Medina. And I really wonder what's going through her mind because she feels so drawn to her. Um, you know she has to be so conflicted. She's probably flashing back to all the time she struggled when Adina left. Like, there's got to be a lot going through her mind right now. Yeah, and the lyrics, while she looks so pensive, is like, love can beat us black and blue. Like, I totally think that her mind is going back to, like, how much she gave of herself in this relationship which she'd never done before and how much it hurt when this ended and it's easier to have sex with Adina than to process all of these feelings and now that Adina's bringing it up and she knows those feelings are there what does she do with it um and Aisha doesn't 
have a lot to say in this scene. Um, it's all just like through her face and reacting to Adina. And I think she does a lot with it. Um, you can really see the turmoil that Kat's going through. Kat basically says, like, can you give me a minute to think about this? And Adina, of course, gives her that time. Then we have Kat, Sutton, and Jane walking into Scarlet, a whole ass mess. Jacqueline is taking control and says that Pamela Dolan didn't happen in a vacuum. Scarlet needs to be a leader and set new trends and be ahead of the curve and, you know, take a stand for things that are important. And the issue that they're going to be working on is the fall issue. So that will set the trends at Scarlet for the next year. And they need to do new photo shoots, new cover, new stories. And they have 17 hours until the book goes to print. Woo! Talk about pressure. I hope they get paid overtime. <laughs> and then Jacqueline and Patrick have a meeting. And he asks what the board thinks. And Jacqueline says they'll come to love it. And Jacqueline wants the dot com on the same page and Patrick rejects that and says that we're not doing that. And then Jacqueline basically puts this asshole on this place and says, get the fuck over yourself and levels him a new one, which he's needed for a very long time now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really glad that she finally was just like so exasperated with him. She was just like very clear, like, dude, you are such a pain in the fucking ass. Like, we're supposed to be a team. Be really nice if you could fucking get that. Which he seems to be affected by it. Um, and maybe it's so effective because Jacqueline doesn't really snap. Um, she's a very patient person. But I think he thought all along he had this upper hand over her and he has this level of superiority and this was a real grounding moment like you haven't won shit with her she's just a patient person but you've kind of gotten lost in your objective here patrick i don't remember when i felt this feeling but at some point with uh, dealing with patrick i was like damn he wasn't around for a little bit and it was so nice and Distance did not make my heart grow fonder. I still cannot stand him. And I really, really hope he's just gone for season four. I know. Like, I just, I find nothing interesting about him. Good riddance. I hope he's gone forever. So then Jacqueline goes to meet with Jane about filling in some of the blank spaces. <laughs> Jane pitches an article about a feminist not dating a player. And I'm like... Jane, we're reverting back to our season one ways now, honey. Let's pitch something a little bit better than that. Don't forget, it's a story about a friend. It's, it's not her. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, excuse me. Um, But we get here that Jacqueline needs Jane to sit on a panel that she was supposed to be at because she's a little preoccupied right now. And it's about the Pamela Dolan story. God, I would feel so much stress if my, like, professional idol was treating me like such a peer, like, for her to trust Jane to go do this, like, I'd be shitting my pants. I know. That's a big moment for Jane, which I wish we got to see, which is also why it makes me super mad what happens later. Tia checks in with Kat over text, and Kat's like, I need some inspiration. Do you want to take a walk? And I find that a very interesting 
phrase to use. Um, specifically with what's gone on with Kat and Adina these past couple episodes. Do you find the inspiration bit interesting, the walk bit, or the combination of the two? The combination of the two. Yeah. Um, I think it was on purpose. Richard and Dev are meeting and talking about green energy in the lobby, and then Sign comes in and makes a dig at Richard. Um, comparing them to Apple and Richard being Steve Wozniak and that's a good little joke. And Sutton wants to make sure that Richard isn't passing up on this opportunity for her and Richard kind of does a good explanation here and basically brings up all the stuff they talked about when he was looking at houses in Connecticut and I really appreciated him showing this level of like growth and appreciation for their relationship so then we have Kat and Tia in the park drinking coffee we find out that Tia cyber stalked Dina and she feels a bit insecure because she's not out and proud like Adina and even though she's not out and proud she still thinks what they have is special even if it's just starting out and then we have this like kind of sweet also really heartbreaking for me moment where tia looks over her shoulder and then kisses cat and what is going on here there's no consistency on where they are in this being out sort of thing i really like she's here to kiss her in public but she's okay with her sleeping with somebody else she their first kiss was out in public I don't. They under- held hands at the election night in front of everyone. I really don't understand where we are with them. I'm really heartbroken for Tia, but it's also frustrating. Like, you went through this whole storyline of her not being out, then you rushed them to be together, and then you didn't really address any of the consequences of what coming out looks like. And then all of a sudden, it's a thing again. I agree that they're all over the place, which is irritating. In this scene in particular, watching or hearing what Tia has to say, one, I appreciated that she admitted to cyberstalking Adina because she seems always so composed and just, like, dismissive of things. So I was glad for her to, like, admit, like, yeah, I went ahead and I stalked her. Like, I needed to know more about her because, you know, I feel feelings. And then this is the second time, I think, this episode that she says – Something along the lines of like, I know I'm not out. I know I'm not, you know, I can't, I don't have as much experience, whatever it may be. But she still thinks that there's something there worth having. And so I just really, really feel for her and all of her insecurities that she has and how much she wants to be with Kat. But I think feeling as if though she can't compete with Adina and then... Yeah, she does that, like, looking around thing to kiss her. And I think potentially trying to show, like, that she wants to work towards this. And I don't know. This entire scene doesn't make me feel happy about them. It makes me feel really sad. It makes me feel heartbroken because this is so horrible for Tia. Like, she's trying and working so hard and Kat can't give that to her. And... Why did we need to see this? Like, I'm so disappointed. We didn't get to explore Tia's struggles with being out. And now we see her, like, really trying to push full, push through it and fight for Kat. 
for nothing and then she's gonna disappear next season and now i'm invested and i care about her oh maybe tia will pop up later and they'll like cattle run into her and she'll be with a woman who is in a better place to be in a relationship with her <laughs> please give me that like even if it's just a quick run-in where we see tia being happy with someone and like work through some of this like I get it, and I do think that Kat cannot be that person for her. She doesn't... She's not... I think Tia needs a bit of a more stable force with that, but mm -hmm. God, it really makes my heart hurt. Um, moving on to, honestly, maybe my least favorite scene in all of the bold dive. Most aggravating. Yeah, <laughs> most aggravating. Yeah. So Jane is on this panel substituting for her boss, Jacqueline Carlisle, for the biggest story of her career, like a big career break. This is a huge moment for Jane, which I wish we focused on. But instead, fucking Pinstripe comes in and makes this all about himself. He can fucking choke. He starts talking about his fucking novel. He starts talking about him being on tour and what it was like to be on tour and how his relationship with Jane makes him feel. Nothing about his speech is about Jane. It's all about himself. And then he makes this big love declaration for Jane. And this drives me up a fucking wall this is so selfish to go in and do that at somebody's workplace period and then on top of it during what is supposed to be this big career moment for jane and make that all about yourself hated every minute of it he can never redeem himself for me because of the scene this scene makes me so 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 angry I am hesitant to get too much into it because I've been riding this high of happiness. I think ultimately my points are it is completely inappropriate because it is a professional setting. It is selfish and inconsiderate. I think that were the roles reversed, he would be livid as, you know, like it's so inappropriate. And it really pisses me the fuck off the way that this progresses into a redemption-y thing where it's just like, Oh, we should be together. No, this is like, this is your final flag. And like, get the fuck away from this guy after this. Right. This is like the point where you're like, yes, we should break up. Because also, he's been on this book tour. He's having this big moment with his book. Jane has been nothing but supportive of him, even when she's been insecure and has encouraged him throughout this whole process and then she has this big moment in her career and he makes it all about himself like we are not giving the same here we are not and it is time for pinstripe to go moving on a photo shoot at scarlet that sutton and oliver are styling and they have more diverse models for the shoot, but the photographer and the staging of it isn't clicking. It's still kind of promoting this ideological unattainability vibe that the magazine has had. 
So Sutton comes up with this innovative switch to show a light on what happens behind the scenes and that this is a spectacle. This isn't real life. And Oliver kicks Sutton out when she's like really vibing and doing a great job to go back to sketching the dress for Joanna Coles. And she's clearly annoyed about it all. And I'm just like, what? I, I get the point of Sutton's designing arc was to say like you're you're young you're supposed to explore things and sometimes you don't actually go through with the things that you explore and like yes that's true and all but this is a like visual medium like you know i want to see progression from these stories that we see and i don't know how exploring this designer thing progresses sutton yeah i will be really interested to see how next season is going to continue Sutton's professional development because I mean, she's the one who has started the most removed from her reported goals from season one, you know, cause she was an assistant to not the, the, not the um, department that she wanted right. to be in. And then she progresses to being the assistant to the department that she cares about. Then she goes to design to realize she doesn't want to do design and so now we're going to potentially go into, like, influencer. Like, I'm just curious as to what they're going to be doing with her. Like, Sutton needs a promotion in season four of some kind to show, like, elevation in her career. Because Jane has shown that through writing by getting more recognition, by doing more hard-hitting stories and really digging into her writing. And Kat also needs some career development and hopefully that's what we're finally gonna get when she chooses herself in season four which maybe should have been what we got in season three but whatever Sutton's at the age where she's gonna want to start like moving up and making changes in her career so that's what I want to see from her then Patrick talks to Kat about the importance of nailing this um lipstick account She's struggling to find inspiration, and she starts looking through her campaign stuff. She has a bit of a big breakdown and starts crying, which I think has been building this whole episode because she doesn't know how to deal with the loss. And she starts throwing it all away, and the Sia song that is playing is perfect. The lyrics are fighting a a battle, fighting ego, lost youth. I'm fighting for me, though. I'm leading me home. And she sees an idea in the book that, like, sparks her for the lipstick campaign. But I also think this is a clue that Kat's going to choose herself, the song specifically. Oh, okay. I'm fighting for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think that I paid attention to the song or the lyrics uh, prior to that. But now that, you know, you've shared that it does seem foreshadowing um and then jane confronts pinstripe and says you were fucking out of line dude and he was and he still fucking deflects and talks about how he's in love with her and blah 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 and takes no responsibility for how inappropriate and out of line he was and there is too much emphasis on ryan this finale and his cheating which just got introduced the episode prior like this way too much of him in this finale for my taste so in this scene 
it just occurred to me that in addition to everything that I'm irritated with, I'm also irritated with him giving Jane this quiz and his walking away. I wish Jane was walking away angrily with the quiz and then she just so happens to look at it later and processes it. Like I just feel like there's so much of him putting these feelings on her like throughout their relationship and this included. And honestly, this is why I hate they brought him back in season two. Like, I feel like Pinstripe is a driving force in their relationship. Jane has, like, no agency. She's always bending to him and his wishes in the relationship. And it's been like that for season one. And I truly loved how they've actually ended it for once by sending someone like him away. Um, And I wish they would have stuck with that. Instead, we have this. Kat takes over the pitch of the lipstick line when uh, Angie is talking to the representative, whoever he is. And she wants to spin the line to talk about, yeah, we're talking about lipstick, but what's behind the lipstick? Let's give a voice to the people and their platforms through that. And love it. I kind of think Kat has been doing that since season one. I don't think she needed a political campaign to figure out she could do that. But I really like that she's going to start channeling this newfound advocacy into her job at Scarlet. Yeah, I uh, guess it gave her the people who could be her models because they're not just models who are sharing the multitude of options for meaningful causes and things like that. She's having real people who actually do this to sell the products. Yeah, that's true. I just think back to though that VR story in season one where it's like, that's what she did. And yeah, I wonder if maybe the difference is that in the past it was more of a fuck you to the man and now it's a not just a fuck you to the man, but a I care about all of these things and so I'm pushing this even without a catalyst for it. Right. And I think it was very, I guess I'll say in season one, I think it was very reactionary. Yes. And I think that's what you mean by taking it to the man. Mm-hmm. And now it seems like very proactive, like, no, I care about things and I want to amplify them and try to make positive change. And so that I do appreciate. Um, and I think that's what everybody needs to do with their power. I really like it too, because it plays into this idea, like, yeah, we might be feminists, but we like shit too. Like, play to my interests. I yeah. want to be Kate too. <laughs> um, and then we have fucking annoying ass Patrick, med- Patrick meditating. And I hope it's the last time we ever see him fucking meditating on our screens. And we see him like actually come to the to the idea. And I'm just like, we didn't need to see this. And he comes up with a very good idea, though, to combine the print and digital and put the readers on the cover through an app and printing a blank page. And I love it. (laughs) It's actually a really good idea. And the board doesn't want Jacqueline to move forward. Um, And Patrick questions her on that. And she says... I'm going to do it anyway because it's my magazine until it's not. And I thought that statement was super powerful. Uh, Yeah, it makes me love Jacqueline. She just seems, I mean, she does. She just seems so powerful. She seems like such a force to reckon with. And very much like Jane, I cannot imagine Jacqueline ever being removed from power. So uh, the finale is a sure shocker. I know. 
Um, Oliver checks in on Sutton, um, and Sutton talks about the thing that she liked about the fashion show was the styling and the camaraderie and, you know, getting to come up with ideas on the spot. Um, she doesn't like the solo aspect of design. It might just be a hobby and something she likes and a supplement to her career, but she doesn't think designing is her passion and she should have focused on working at the magazine all along. You know, I think it's a, a good wrap-up for her storyline. I just wish there was a little bit more forward progress for Sutton. I understand what their point was, and I was okay with it at the end of season three, but now getting the trailer for season four, I'm a little more hesitant about it. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. I don't want to make too many assumptions. And then they managed to get the magazine done in time to send off to print. And Jacqueline gives a very emotional and passionate speech about what they did to achieve this magazine release and how proud she is of everyone for working so hard to achieve something that they collectively believe in. And honestly, that is a really powerful thing to do, that they all came together for something. And she gives a nice champagne toast, which is kind of a nod to the first season. I appreciated that, especially since things are about to change. But mm -hmm. Jacqueline never did. The magazine and the world around them might be changing. But what she believed in for this magazine always stayed the same from the beginning to the end. And how much she believes in the people she works with um, stays the same. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Um, and then we find out Pinstripe gave Jane the first relationship quiz she ever did at Scarlet. And Jane talks about how great he was for everything and how he's the perfect guy for everything, except how he kissed someone else. And <laughs> she loves him, but the cheating. And I'm just like, really? Like, honestly, if you wanted to give me some perspective to make him sympathetic to me they should have fucking had cat talk about cheating on adina i never understood why they didn't give that because i think that could give some perspective and some humanity to pinstripe but what they're doing now makes me think jane is making a horrible mistake and i have no sympathy for him whatsoever yeah i really don't know why they didn't do that because i feel as if though i mean similarly to when uh, Sutton told Kat that her first love was Billy and then how Kat's like, but what if he, um, Adina's my Richard? Like, you know, like, friends share this shit. So, like, why this wouldn't come up in this conversation? I don't know. Yeah, it's a little bit bewildering because we get from that conversation that she would be breaking up for Pinstripe for the wrong reasons if she did just because he cheated and I'm like, what? What is happening? I don't understand this at all. She, like, meets him for pizza because she knows where the, that's where he goes for comfort. I'm like, well, he comes to your workplace and interrupts you and makes it all about him for comfort. See, I didn't hate him in season one. Season three makes me hate him. Do you know how hard it is to build credibility in the workplace, especially when you're starting out? Especially for Jane that is coming up by herself. She doesn't have connections. And look at how easy it was for Pinstripe, a fucking man, to achieve success and have this hit-selling book. And 
uh, yeah, I it's over for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so don't understand that at all. We wasted way too much fucking time on that. Then we have Kat meeting up with Tia, and we know from the beginning she's gonna break up with her because of how this conversation is structured. But Kat hypes up Tia and talks about how incredible she is and how inspiring and brave and which are the things that are really great about Tia. And she's really proud of her for being brave and wants to stay on this journey with her, but can only do that as her friend and doesn't think she could do that as her girlfriend. And (laughs) Tia doesn't even speak a word in the scene. I don't feel like Tia even sees it coming. Like, Kat starts this conversation. I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, she's just going straight to the breakup. Like, there's no even, like, let's hang out for a little bit and chat and then let me start this. But Tia looks oblivious to that is where it's going until it's clear. And I don't like that. Yeah, I wish we just got to get some perspective from Tia. This kind of pigeonholes her. And as a one-dimensional love interest, I mean, at least we get to see Kat break up with her, unlike we did with Jane and Dr. Ben. But what's so frustrating about this is they do a really great job of making her a legitimate love interest for Kat this season. And then we don't even get to get perspective of her when they break up. Like... No, I don't love that. I wish we got some sort of reaction from her, even if it was just a few words. But again, I'm heartbroken for her to come out, to lose the campaign, and then get dumped. That's a lot for poor Tia. I feel for her. Um, and can we just give a round of applause to Alexis Floyd, who played Tia? I thought she did a great job, and for... A character that might not be as dynamic on the page, like a pretty put-together, like fact-oriented type of character. I thought she gave her a lot of depth and emotion and made Tia someone you really rooted for and came to like. And she did a great job. Yeah, I liked her. Then we have Sutton talks to Richard and she talks to him about his passions and how she really found her passion throughout these past however long it's been with this designing thing. Um, and she's really appreciated how supportive Richard's been of her and she doesn't want to give him, want him to give up this opportunity to explore his passions and wants to support him. Um, and she's like, you need to give it a try and explore your passions and we'll make it work however we need to. And she buys him a ticket to San Francisco. The thing that happened here is I do appreciate that Richard was so supportive of Sutton and that she wants to return the favor of being supportive of him and his dreams. And I just have to laugh because I'm like, all right, well, you guys deserve each other. You both just fucking buy each other expensive ass shit without asking each other first. Fine. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Well, you know, maybe that's where you end up. Like, Sutton struggles and now they just buy each other things without communicating. That's how they solve that problem. So then that's, I guess, a cliffhanger on whether he'll go or not. But Mm -hmm. I would like him to go. I think that would be interesting and add a level of relatability and some interesting dynamics to their relationship. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it would definitely be interesting for their relationship because then otherwise it would just be they continue to exist 
in a, I imagine that their relationship would exist in the same kind of way as it has in this past season. I also think it would be a nice shift in dynamics to explore where Sutton would be the stable one, mm -hmm. um, knowing what she's doing, having a stable job and be like this steady force for Richard. And then I also think he would struggle in the startup after working for an establishment for so long, mm -hmm. um, which would add some interesting dynamics to him. So I like the potential this has. I hope they actually go down that road and not just explore it for like an episode and then fix it. Then we get to the big scene of the episode. Adina and Kat meet up. And we find out that they canceled dinner again. Will we ever see Kat and Adina go on an actual date? It remains to be seen. It is my hope for season four. Can they go out on a fucking date? You know, I want a dinner date, but I'll take a coffee date. Whatever. We'll take it. Just somewhere outside of an apartment that's an actual date where they are going through something in their relationship. That's all we want. At Kat's entrance, she looks resigned. It's almost like this is something she feels she has to do, not something she necessarily wants to do. But she thinks about what Adina said about giving this a real shot. And Adina's like, oh, I have too. Little does she know. And Kat says, you know, I've been looking for something to make me feel better. And um, I feel like I've been hiding in my feelings for you. And... I don't want to keep running from how I'm feeling about this campaign and I need to jump into these feelings and I don't feel like I can do that. If I jump back into a relationship with you, I need to find myself first and I'm choosing me right now. While I completely understand this and I think that at times Kat does use Adina as an emotional crutch, I do have to say this is a bit of a glaring double standard with how they treat Kat and Adina versus Pinstripe and Jane. You know, it's just very interesting that you see Jane and Pinstripe like constantly fight to stay with each other to overcome obstacles and still explore themselves professionally. But like Kat, the black woman, is always choosing herself instead of a romantic relationship and doing that. When historically, I don't even, like, I get it in the context of the story, and I'm excited to see where they go moving forward. I would just challenge the writers to think about that a little bit more in depth, like why they're always choosing that for Kat when she's a person that historically hasn't been in relationships and always runs away from them to this person that she's been so innately connected to that she's going to choose to run away from that and focus on herself. Like, what have we been doing this whole time? Like, I mean, I like it, but I do get the frustration that we're doing that here. Does that, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Um, and I think that's interesting for me to think about. Um, I think that I originally struggled with Kat saying that she was going to choose herself. And I was like, I don't understand. And then I started thinking, all right, so Kat's never done relationships and she's always struggled with her emotions and being honest about them and has often deflected via humor. And then most recently with this political campaign, 
I think, attempted to avoid through sex with Adina. And so I can understand her saying, like, I'm in a very raw emotional place right now and I need to be okay with this. And in order for me to get through being okay with this, I need to be on my own because if she jumps into the relationship with Adina, she'll be consumed by that relationship. And so all that she's feeling in that moment will kind of disappear or be reduced. So it makes sense to me in that way. But I don't think that Adina has any kind of negative impact on her ability to be an independent. I don't know. I do feel weird about them not being together, but. I feel weird about it because it's like, who's to say she she can't do that with Adina? Like, she's moved to be the director of social media all by herself by not being in relationships and purely focusing on herself. Like, that is her history. So, I don't know that it's such a riveting decision for Kat to do that here. Um, I do think in this moment, though, it makes sense because she's been through so much emotionally. Like, she just needs some time to gather herself before she makes that emotional leap. But I'm just like, you know, why can't we get the black woman in a consistent fucking relationship on the show? We can't explore her storyline in the show, like, within it. She's never had a overarching career storyline at Scarlet like the other girls have, even when she started at the top. When there's so much to explore with a black woman starting out at, being at the top and what that's like. Like, there's so much there that we never get to explore. And we don't get to explore her being in a happy relationship. All of her relationships are so weighed down with these big issues about visas and immigration and racial profiling and running a campaign and it's just like can we just see her be in a relationship like the other girls where they have like regular problems too like yes i think those things need to be explored but like can cat just get a little bit of love here i hear you so those are my issues however that being said i'm very excited to see what happens next because we find out that adina is very upset about this because she thought she was moving back to new york she got a call from scarlet and was offered a job as an in-house photographer and obviously, because it was at Scarlet, she thought Kat had something to do with it. Just turns out Adina's really fucking talented and fits the mold of what Jacqueline is trying to change there. So she took the job and um, Adina's very emotional about this, which I actually appreciated Adina being so emotional because, you know, she basically came back to fight for Kat and she thought she was getting somewhere and then she's basically hit in the face with the reality of their situation. And then you also see Kat being very emotional about this, where she's like, I think she did this because she knew she had to, not necessarily because she wanted to. Um, and the concept of having to be confronted with Adina at work on the regular is not something that she thinks she can handle. Yeah, I think that she mustered all of the courage and strength that she had to end this relationship because I think that she is also still in love with Adina and does want to be with her, but is trying to 
be by herself and deal with all her emotions and shit. And so then to find out that Adina is not going to be across the, like across the world, that she's going to be right there in her face is a reality she was not prepared for. And I'm really excited for the potential that this brings in the season four. I don't know. Adina doesn't show up until around episode seven. So I'm not sure where we are, but I'm wondering if we have maybe a short timetable in those first few episodes with Jacqueline's storyline. So we shall see, but I'm interested for the angst potential. I hope we explore it and there's some buildup, but we don't stay there too long because I would like to see the beginnings of a Kat and Adina relationship finally. Yes, agreed upon. And then... We end season three of The Bold Type with the trio walking into Scarlet. Everything is being dismembered. It's chaos. And nobody knows where Jacqueline is. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like this huge shocker. Like, what the fuck is happening to the office? Where's Jacqueline? What is happening? And does Jane drop her damn coffee again? That girl, she needs to not drink. She can't hold liquids. Like, she just freaking drops her... Coffee is valuable. No dropping that. (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed the season. I thought it was a pretty decent end to the season. I had some complaints. I don't think it was good as the previous two episodes, but I still really enjoyed it. And I really liked the potential that we set up for season four. Yeah, I think the uh, Jane and Pinstripe shit this season finale really negatively impacted my enjoyment of it but the cat and adina stuff i really enjoyed so looking forward to 401 coming soon it's like only like a fucking less than a month away less than a month away yeah (laughs) so wow um thank you for sticking with us everybody through our long period of time to complete season three but it was fun to do um, I hope you enjoyed our episode. Please download it and follow us on our Twitter at this lesbian shit and we'll be back for the new season. All right, bye guys. Bye. This lesbian shit is intense is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.